Awakening the faithful, reaching the lost, and making church matter. Welcome to the Rebuilt Podcast. If you love your parish, listen to this podcast. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Rebuilt Podcast. My name is Kelly, and I'm joined today by Tom. How you doing, Tom? Good, Kelly. It's a beautiful day here today after a lot of rain for a while. So it's nice. Yesterday, we had our our staff day here in beautiful Timonium, and (laughs) we had a really fun activity (laughs) in the afternoon where we did some artistic uh, creations. Did you enjoy that, Tom? Yeah, well, just to go back, we do a a staff offsite every year, Mm -hmm. which is kind of setting up for the year ahead. A lot of times we go over some of the basic things about um, some stuff from Pat Lencioni and the advantage and the six questions he talks about. We, We focus on one or two of those questions just to remind people and so yesterday we focused on our strategic anchors, which yep. is, dovetails pretty well with what we're talking about over, over the last few podcasts. And uh, yes, there was part of the fun element of yeah. that because Allison, who's our chief of staff, is big on fun. Mm-hmm. I don't get fun. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Come on, you had fun painting yesterday. <laughs> well, I had fun being next to Kelly Caddick, who was making fun of mine. Like, what the heck? That's not the word she used. Is that? Like, and I knew I couldn't paint. And so I can't. And they're like, oh, no, you can do it. No, I, I can't. I can't paint. Yeah, <laughs> so. no, you couldn't. You couldn't. <laughs> we were being instructed on exactly what to paint and how to paint it. And uh, that's okay. That's okay. But it was fun. It's important to have fun together, right? It is. I'm, to I'm, trying to, I'm trying to grow in understanding that. That's not my, yeah. that's not my, um, something I easily understand. It's not, it's, it's not okay. my strength. Yeah. Um, well, it being in student ministry, you hear about a lot that, that when you're having fun, you connect easier. So right. that's part there of it. There is no fun. There'll soon be no one. Ah, there you go. That's a North Point thing. But anyway. It sounds like a Andy Stanley. Okay. So, so today we want to talk about one of our, um, well, we're going to, we're going to go over all of our core strategies again. These are our strategic anchors here at Nativity. Um, we've been talking about them over the last couple podcasts. Last time we talked about focusing on the unchurched, right? We talked about our guy, Timonium Tim. Right. So and that was and great. En- and enculturating, make, creating a culture where unchurched people feel welcomed and want to be a part of it. So mm-hmm. if you missed that podcast, go back and you can listen to that. That was our May podcast. Yeah. Okay, Tom. So, so let's review our three core stra- strategies then. We, we focus on unchurched people. That was our last one. We create a great weekend experience, which we're going to talk about today. And then um, finally, in our next podcast, we're going to talk about shaping a clear discipleship path. So why do we need to have a great weekend experience? I mean, it's mass, right? You, you have mass. <laughs> That's how I grew up. You go to mass. Yeah. I, I mean, I think first of all, for and it wasn't a great experience always. <laughs> right. And because before, and maybe it didn't matter so much before. Yeah. Maybe it does. I mean, that's why people aren't going anymore, but mm-hmm. people want out of obligation and that's why people went to church. And maybe in those days it didn't matter as much that you had a great weekend experience, but the reality is for that people will not come unless it is a great weekend experience or they will not get on board of what we're asking them to do if it's not a great experience. So, so first kind of in the notes here I have is for most people, the weekend is the church and therefore it is the church culture. So for 80% of the people in your church, Whatever they experience on Sunday, that is church. That is the whole sum of their experience. And it's very difficult, I think, for people like us who work in a church, who see it, you know, the whole rest of the week. We understand everything that goes into it. Or if, you know, people listening to this, you're a major volunteer. You understand everything that's going on in church, and it's not just the weekend. But again, 80% or so of the people in your church, whatever they experience on the weekend, 
that is church. And they're making decisions in their lives based on what they experience in that one hour on Sunday. Uh, and therefore, it is the church culture. You cannot change a church culture without changing the weekend experience. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so. so whether or not you know it, you're creating a culture at your church. Absolutely. And you is... might be oblivious to that culture or you might, or you could intentionally be forming that culture. You're, yeah. You, you, hopefully you're intentional about forming that culture. Mm -hmm. There is a culture. There is a culture. Yeah. That was the point I was trying to make. There is a culture, there whether a you cul know it or not. Yeah. yeah. Are, are you being intentional about it or not? And creating a great weekend experience is about being intentional. The second reason is there about the platform. It's, it's a platform for launching all our efforts. And, th and that's connected to that first point is that, again, for reaching the lost, the place they're probably going to come if they're going to come and give church a try again, it's going to be on a weekend experience. Now, they might come to a funeral or a mass or those kind of things, but the really the, the better chance for them to, for you to reach them is on the weekend. And if they come to church and it's boring and it's bad, they're not coming back. And, and the worst is that, you know, for Tim, if it's boring and bad for Tim, he assumes not only the church is boring and bad, he assumes that God is boring and irrelevant to his life. Right. And so... We're, we're not, we can't reach the loss if we don't have a great weekend experience. And then it's vital for bringing people on a deeper discipleship path. You know, if you come to church every Sunday, again, and it's boring, it's bad, it's irrelevant, it's not intentional, there's not a culture developed to kind of bring you in and draw you in. When we ask you for your time, you're like, well, why should I give you more of my time? You didn't honor the hour I gave you on Sunday. Why on earth would I want any more right. of this? Why would I want to give more of my time to a church that can't get its main basic product right? Yeah. Now, they wouldn't say it that way, but right. that's what's in people's minds. And people might be offended I call it a product. Well, I'm sorry. But I, I understand that. It's not a product in the traditional way. But it is the way, main way people intersect with us. And, and so we need to value that and make good use of it. Yeah, it's very interesting you say that if we don't have a great weekend experience, then we, we won't get people to do what we ask them to do. And I, I've just seen that so many times here in the way we ask, because we try things, we try lots of different things. We try inviting people into ministry in a couple different ways. And, and so when we've made that experience really great, people do what we ask them to do. Right. I think of it like a bank account, that when you create a great weekend experience for people where they, again, and we'll talk about what that means exactly, but when they come and have a good experience here, you've deposited into their bank account. You've deposited trust into their account. And every time you deliver and every time it is good, you're building more and more and more trust. And then when you ask them to do something, you're withdrawing from that account. Mm -hmm. But because you've built it up, <laughs> they trust you. And they, they will do, they will say, okay, You've, yeah. I can try, you have deposited well in my account. You've delivered before, so now you're asking me to do this. I will trust that you that I that I can give you some of my precious time or my precious money, and you will make good use of it. Yeah. So, I'll never forget. Um, this just reminds me of a couple of years ago on Easter when we had we did have Easter off campus once or twice, maybe. Uh, we had Easter at yeah three or four times, maybe three or four. Right. Anyway, and so then we were back on campus one year, and we were asking everybody to park off campus and take a shuttle so that all the people who don't attend our church would come back. They were going to come back to mass on, on Easter that they would have somewhere to park. And I remember looking outside into the parking lot before our busiest mass. And it was like nearly empty 10 minutes before mass started. And yeah. I just thought that was the most incredible thing that these people do what we ask them to do. And I, and I don't think I ever thought about why that is and how we how we get them to do that but part of it is this this culture of the 
great weekend experience, a big right. part of it. Yeah, so, no, so number, the weekend matters, number one, because it is the church culture. Number two, it's the platform for your other efforts. Number three, it's the opportunity for us to send people into the world to change it and transform it. We gather as a large group of people every single week, and it's the biggest group you're going to have any, any, any time in any program. Um, it's, the, it's the maximum impact. Yeah, that's a really interesting way to look at the church. And so we're gathering all these people, and, and that we could add that as a point as well, but we are then sending them out and change and transform it. But what are we doing with that opportunity? I, I, I think it's Gabe Lyons that notes, and maybe others have noted before, but I love this idea that the church, the church is the only purposeful organization that gathers together all sectors of society together on a regular basis, that every single week you're bringing education people, medical people, entertainment people, government government leaders, business leaders. I mean, we're bringing all these people together. What are we doing with it? <laughs> and if we don't maximize tremendous that. Tremendous opportunity. Yeah, tremendous opportunity to get them, to infuse in them the gospel and to go and spread the gospel to the world and live that out in the world. But if we don't take advantage of that opportunity, we're, 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 we're missing an incredible opportunity for maximum impact. So to, to, it's not a small thing. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. no big deal what we do every single week, gathering in church and the impact we could possibly have if we could just grab hold of of God's vision for the world and, and sending people out to, to build the to build the kingdom. Right. There's more to that. Great. I love that point. I don't know. That's a great point. It's very interesting. It's a great point. What do we do with that when we have all these people together? Okay, and so finally, um there's there's one last really big reason that the weekend experience really matters. What is that, Tom? So just obviously the Eucharist is the source and the summit of our faith, and so it deserves our very best efforts. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously people would say about the Mass, you know, it's, I think sometimes we don't give it effort because, well, you know, Jesus shows it's up. the Eucharist, right? Yeah. Jesus shows up whether we do or not. Right. But it, <laughs> but. We can do better than that. We can do better than that, and it deserves our very best efforts. And, and excellence and putting energy honors God and inspires people. You know, it honors, honors God when we bring our best efforts and we create a great weekend experience and we need to show the value of the Eucharist because, I guess, especially for Tim or unchurched people, and even many people in our pews, they don't even understand the value of the Eucharist. And our half efforts, mm-hmm. our mediocre efforts, do not give God glory. They do not show the value of the Eucharist. When we bring our best efforts, when we invest our time, our energy, our resources um, to make a great weekend experience, we are showing the value of the Eucharist. And I think sometimes in Catholic world we think a, a, a poor, poor effort, it actually shows more of the value of the Eucharist. And I don't know where that comes from because I think it's the exact the exact opposite. Right. right. Well, I, yeah, I think people probably assume that the Eucharist can stand on its own. But if we can set up hearts for the Eucharist, then why wouldn't we make some effort there to do that? Right. And if the Eucharist was enough to reach unchurched people in our community, right. then every Catholic church in, in our country would be full mm-hmm. and throughout the world. Yeah. But obviously... That's not the case. That's not the case. And obviously Jesus is okay with that. I mean, Jesus is saying... I want you to bring your bring your efforts. In, in Colossians one twenty four, Paul says, um, "I am I am making up for what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ." Mm-hmm. Well, what's lacking in the sufferings of Christ? Nothing except what He chooses to leave space for us to fill in. What's lacking in the Eucharist? Of course, nothing is lacking there, except what Jesus is inviting us to add our efforts and to bring in. And, and this again, the, the whole cooperation between God and man. I mean, that's the whole story of salvation history mm-hmm. that God wants to cooperate with us and. That's it. one of the ways we do that is through the Mass 
each and every week. Wow, that's great. Okay, so let's let's um, take a quick break, and when we come back, we will talk about the three pillars of the weekend of creating a great experience on the weekend. We'll be right back. The Rebuilt Parish Association provides resources and advice to help you rebuild your parish. Included in membership are resources for student programs, children's programs, and small group materials. Also included are homilies, so that you can easily do message series that match the liturgical year. Father Brian Mason from St. Mary's Parish in Hales Corner, Wisconsin states, We based our homilies over several weeks on the Expect Miracles message series, and never in 23 years of preaching have I had so many people talking about the effects the homilies had on their lives. Go to RebuiltParishAssociation.com to learn more about how the Rebuilt Parish Association can give you the resources and content you need to rebuild your parish. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rebuilt Podcast. We're going to go into the three pillars of what makes the weekend excellent here at nativity and some things that you can try at your parish too so there's three pillars tom we have music message and ministers those are the three pillars of a great weekend yep so we'll start with music okay and when we're out and about talking we always joke that this is the easiest one or is that music is the easiest one no father michael said let's start with the easiest one music oh yeah everyone Everyone. people like look at him like i'm joking (laughs) it's not the easiest one um so, you know, one, a couple of things about music. Music is the water on which the experience sails. So uh, I remember we had an evangelical friend of ours come in one time, just come and see our mass at one point. He's like, it felt like a movie, that like the music's always mm-hmm. just kind of underneath. And, and, you know, whereas an evangelical service or Protestant service, they have the music and then they have a message. You know, the music's obviously interspersed through the whole mass. Right. It felt like it was like a movie. So that was interesting. That's pretty cool because I, we intentionally set it up to create emotion at different times right right absolutely yeah so it, it's it's we want to be taking people on a journey and the mm-hmm. music is helping to, to do that to do that um you know some things music does what words cannot do alone it's capable of expressing a dimension of meaning and feeling that words alone cannot convey right music just speaks to our soul and to our hearts in a way that's nothing else can yeah and i don't know if if it you know, if there are certain people, I mean, like there are certain people that love music more than others. Yes. But it seems like music speaks to almost everybody in some way. Right. Right. And, and, and yeah, yeah, I think there are, yeah, you're right. There's some people who don't like listen to it as much or don't like worship music right. as much, but it's, again, it's going to touch your heart and soul or certain things right. like, I mean, how do you listen to like Ave Maria or something like that and not be moved or amazing Right. Grace. It's almost <laughs> impossible not to feel something <laughs> right. when you hear at least one of the songs. Right. And so, and so because of that, it's the best way to connect with Tim. You don't need mm-hmm. a deep theology for a music to move you in some way. Again, it's, it's, it's something deep, deeper. The music's already connecting to your heart and connecting mm-hmm. to your soul. Uh, it's, it's, it's mystical. We don't completely understand it, but, um, mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's already connecting with Tim, even th- no matter where he is in his relationship with God, uh, the, the music can connect with him. Yeah, great. So what advice do you have for parishes who maybe need to improve their music ministry a little bit? <laughs> right, so we kind of have three <laughs> action steps about that. Uh, we say, first of all, invest through prayer and fasting. Uh, you know, and we could probably be doing more than that. We could be continually doing that for our music, I think, here, but... When we were trying you mean to make praying and fasting for for music, music. Wow. Okay. 
<laughs> that seems surprising. It's surprising guess, to me. I guess you'd be praying and fasting for any part of for your anything, church. For anything, yeah. But we talk about music because we think that music's such a spiritual battle. I, again, we Why laugh. That? I think because it has such an imp- opportunity or, or power to impact hearts. Mm-hmm. Um and so it, it can but change. But why, like, why is that a battle? Because it's hard to find musicians or? Well, I think, why do I call it a spiritual battle? I think because I think, you know, music is, so, you know, again, when we go and talk to different places, we have a whole, Father Michael has a whole thing about how bad the music was here. And yeah, people yeah. are laughing and right. they're with it. Why the are people laughing? Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. that people are more, conv- you know, some of the cantors are more convinced of their skill than they had reason to be. <laughs> Uh, you know, and everyone laughs at that. And you can just read that line and people laugh at that. Well, why is that? Because music's so bad in so many places. Well, why is it so bad in so many places? I think in part, I mean, I thought we could, there's some human reasons. It takes a lot of skill. Um, but one reason I think is just that I think Satan blocks it. <laughs> I think mm, that the, okay. that because it is, it is, because it's so powerful, because it's so powerful. Yeah. And so I think just acknowledging wow. that, that spiritual battle part of that is, mm-hmm. is important to note. Uh, and so, you know, the reason we even say this as a step is because for many years when we were trying to change our music over and we don't advocate any particular kind of music where, you know, you got to go with the music that works for your community. Although well, we'll talk about this in a second, think about Tim or the unchurched person in your community. But when we were trying to find contemporary praise and worship for our five thirty mass, we just couldn't find anybody. We couldn't find anybody and it was frustrating. So we were praying and fasting. I mean, now again, we weren't, our knees weren't getting bloody. We weren't, you know, we weren't starving. But we did a little bit. And um, <laughs> one day, uh, Al, the kind of change in our music program became when Al, who's still here, who plays, he came up you know, for, for like months and months. We're praying. We're trying to work. We're looking for people. Mm-hmm. And Al comes in on a Sunday afternoon. It was an Easter Sunday. We still had Easter Sunday masses at that point. I wasn't here, but he comes up to Father Michael and says, hey, my name's Al. I've been playing praise and worship. I, I grew up in this parish. I'm a, I, I toured in a band. I've been playing in a praise and worship group in Dallas. I'm from the area. I'm moving back home. Do you guys need anybody? Huh. Prayer and fasting. <laughs> so, Even without the bloody knees. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, wow. uh, that's, so that's why we say it. Because that's just... Yeah, the, because when, that's how that's you how came upon. Yeah. So, Where were you looking before that happened? Um, do you even remember? Like, you know, How do you look for... I think I was just talking to people, calling yeah. around, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Think of, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just yeah. looking around. I, I, you know, yeah. we didn't know where to look, I guess, yeah. either. So right. that was made it harder. Yeah, sure. So we didn't know what else to do, so we prayed. <laughs> so See, it worked out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so second, then you got you got to move out the wrong people and put in the right people again. Yeah, that's tough, right? Right. Like so, you have a cantor that's in place for a long time, and maybe they like what they do, and maybe some people like them, but. It's not working out. No, and we and music. You know, we were talking before. I'm I'm learning guitar from yeah. Joe Weaver, a guitarist here. Yeah, it's, Tom's taking lessons. It is so hard. It's so hard. And obviously, I've only been doing it like about a month, so it's not like you can't expect. But I mean, you you rec- it's funny how you can see somebody do something. It looks so, so easy, easy, yeah, because they've mastered it. But when you try mm-hmm. to do it yourself, you see how hard it is. So we need people who are who are skillful. And so the right who are the right people? The right people have skill and they have the right heart. And a lot of times we can get one or the other. It's yeah. very hard to get both. And I don't. Yeah, it and, is. And I think there's a continuum on there, and you, you, um, that's just the tension you live in. I mean, love you'd love to have both, and you got to keep praying and fasting for both. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, 
but you at least they need to have some level of skill and some level of heart to be yeah. doing this for God. And hopefully both those things grow over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we would just say invest thoughtfully, financially, and relationally. So thoughtfully we mean by whatever music you're going to play, be keeping the unchurched person in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Father Michael, great to his credit, loves um, classical music, yeah. loves the organ, loves all that stuff, yep. but that's not what we play here. I know, that fascinates me when he told me that. <laughs> I couldn't really? believe it. But he's totally willing and sold out to go in the direction that is going to attract the unchurched. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, financially, that depends upon where you are as a parish. You know, for us in the beginning, we just, we realized we needed to invest financially in our our, our worship, our music. Over time, that's become a smaller part of our budget just because our budget's grown. But mm-hmm. uh, we used to. And when you say invest financially, you mean pay, pay the musicians. Pay them. And not, everybody, yeah. not every parish can do that. Right. I understand. But. Uh, if you can, or at least consider it, right. or make it a make it a thought, because mm-hmm. again, these guys, the people who can play well, have invested their lives and energy into doing it. Yeah, and you know, as, as Father Michael says, he gets paid to do what he does. You and I get paid to do what I do. Um, they just the people who can do it really well, they need to eat and yeah. they need to live indoors. And right. They need to take care. So. Invest so it's a little bit different than a ministry or a volunteer position. Yeah, and I know some people have different ideas on that, but we would say, we would encourage that. And maybe if you can't, then you can always invest relationally. Mm-hmm. You can always pour into the people that are playing um, so that you do build up a good relationship and they feel cared for. So I think that's about all we Great. can say about music. Okay, so music point. is the easiest way to make your weekend <laughs> excellent. All right, well, let's move on to the, the second pillar of a great weekend is the message. Um, and so tell us, tell us about why that's such a big deal. Well, and this is what Rick Warren says is the pulpit is the rudder of the church ship. So we noted how we get all these people coming together Mm -hmm. from all these different sectors of society. We've had all these different experiences. The best way you're bringing them all together and unifying them is, as you talked about in your small group video this recently is through the message. That's the way we bring unity about, okay, how are we getting all on the same page? Yeah, because they're all in different places in their faith, too. Like, I always find it difficult when I start to think about, like, well, how are we speaking to Timonium Tim and then the Timonium Tim that's been here for five years and then the family that's been here for 20 years? Like, are we speaking to everybody? And that's your opportunity to do that is in the message. It's in the message. And to get everybody together going in the same direction. Mm -hmm. And if the message is not aligned, then you're zigzagging all over the place. So. Uh, again, the message, Proverbs eighteen twenty one says, death and life is in the power of the tongue. And maybe we should even step back. By the message, we mean the homily. So yes. we, that's the, our word for it here. Uh, but so death and life is in the power of the tongue. I know you probably, I don't know if you struggle with this. I know often in being a communicator and speaker, I'm like, these are just words. Do they mean anything? Are they having any kind of impact? I very much struggle with that. <laughs> and I think so I think anyone who does speak struggles with that. It's usually after I speak. I don't know when it occurs to you, but after I speak sometimes I'm just wondering like, was that memorable? Is anybody going to do the things I asked them to do in that? It usually comes after for me. Mm-hmm. And you got to speak to teenagers, so that's incredibly difficult. Yeah. You know, are they, <laughs> right. is that landing at all? Right. Um, but while we have to get better and better and more skillful at it, which is what we're talking about, Again, God's word promises us. No, it, it does. It does. It's, it's very important. Again, if you reflect on your own spiritual journey, words have made a difference. I don't know. Are there any yeah. homilies you remember or oh, messages? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> it's not usually the whole message, but a line or a topic in a message that really sticks with me. Do you want me to tell you the biggest one? Sure. Yeah, I'd like to hear it. Um, okay, I'll try to make this as short. It could be a really long story, but I'm going to keep it really short. So. Um, <laughs> 
my mother-in-law was dating a guy that my husband and I didn't really like. And he invited us to dinner on Christmas to his house. And we didn't want to go. And we really just didn't like the guy. He'd done a couple things that we just really didn't like. We didn't think he deserved our presence at Christmas. We didn't want to go. And we were kind of fighting about it with her. And she was really sad about that. And um, so we decided well, we will we'll go. But, man, we're going to stick it to him. We're going to sit there at dinner. We're not going to talk to anybody. Like, we were just mad. And we came here to Mass on Christmas morning. Um, this is years ago. Um, and, and Father Michael was given the message. And the last line of his message, the whole message was about love and and you know, loving your family. Cause he knows what Christmas can be like. And the last line of his message was love someone who doesn't deserve to be loved. Hmm. And we just looked at each other and thought, wow. And so we went and had a very different Christmas dinner than we had planned to have because of that message. Yeah. So there, there you go. Um, you know, and I, I have, I have a story too. I won't, I won't go into it. I, I talk about it when we're out and about, so maybe okay. I'll bring it up another time. Okay. Um, you know, it provides spiritual direction to a large group of people at a time. Yep. So you, if as a pastor, a priest, a deacon, you can influence one person and spend an hour with one person, giving counsel to one person or invest that same hour and an impact many people. Right. It breathes life in the dead areas of the church. Um, and so our two best practices for that are one church, one message. Uh, so again, whatever... Take control of the pulpit. Pastors, please, please, please take control of the pulpit so that everybody in your church hears the same message. And then we preach in a message series. And so we just take a topic over a series of weeks, and that just creates a conversation and helps people go deeper into whatever we're trying to lead them. Right. So right now we're in our neighbor series. So, you know, it's just great that for the next four weeks we kind of laid out a plan and steps for people just to get a little bit more connected to their neighborhood. To their neighborhood. If you do, like... You know, we couldn't do that, you know, we, if you in put all those message. steps in one yeah. message, it's like, it'd be too much for people, but this lays it out and it's allowing people even to warm up to the idea. And hopefully by the end, maybe they're just praying for their neighborhood, but right. that's a great step that right. wouldn't happen otherwise. Yeah. Great. Okay. So, all right. So that's the message. The last part of making the weekend experience really great is our ministers. And so let's talk for a few minutes about, um, why ministry would make the weekend great. Well, we talk about ministers or our hospitality. So our ministers are what we call our volunteers here at Nativity, so our volunteer ministers. Mm -hmm. And what we mean by that, again, is just extending hospitality, really two major areas, I guess, extending hospitality and children's ministry. So for us, that means our parking, our greeters, parking ministers in the lot, our greeters at the door, our host ministers who help people find a seat in the church. We used to call them ushers, but usher in our church meant grumpy old man that stares at you as you come into church. So we re <laughs> rebranded and called the host ministers. They smile at you. They smile at you. Uh, our guest services where um, you get information that used to be called the information desk, mm -hmm. then our cafe. And so overall, hopefully those hospitality ministries are communicating. We're welcoming, we're organized, we're accessible, and are helping to create what we call an irresistible environment. And just yesterday, our staff day, we spent some time like, how do we bring this to the next level? Right. Radical hospitality. I Rad love that word. Radical I like that too. I don't know yeah. if it's going to stick or not, but yeah. uh, just that we want hospitality 2.0 that yeah. we said in the beginning. What's next? Yeah, what's next? And so we can keep getting better at that, mm -hmm. but begins just with those basic basic ideas and people smiling at you. And especially for Tim, when he comes into church, he doesn't feel welcome. We might put a sign up, all are welcome, but the reality is when Tim or the unchurched person comes into your church, they assume they're not welcomed. And so the the hospitality ministries are creating layers of hospitality 
that are helping to lower Tim's defenses so he feels welcome to your right. church. Because your staff can't do all that, you know. Church staff is usually small. You need people out there smiling and right. holding doors and doing that for you. All right, and then also um, related to ministry is the children's ministry, and that's extremely important to our Timonium Tim. Well, we just think it's a low-hanging fruit. When you become a parent mm-hmm. for the first time, you know, it's— it's very challenging. It's yeah. incredibly challenging. And you yes. thought it was going to be easy, right? Well, or... no one tells you the bad stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, mean, I need my, to write a book about that. It, my 16-year-old son says to me, I'm going to be a much better parent than you. Yeah. <laughs> Have at it, buddy. And I just, I, I don't get offended. I'd I'm like, like to come over and watch. I'm like, you know what? When Before <laughs> I had kids, I thought the same thing. I'm going to be a much better parent. I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to let my kid act like that. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I talk about when I'm, I'm out and about and I see a parent, you know, before I had kids, I'd see a parent yelling at a child and I would shake my head yeah, and I think what a terrible parent. Terrible, yeah. And now when I'm out, you know, grocery shopping or running <laughs> errands and I see a parent yelling at a child, I shake my head and I think, I've been there. Uh, yep. I'm having I'll, a rough day. Yeah, I was a much better father before I had children. <laughs> so So parents just it's hard, especially with young children. So we have a couple of programs, you know, Time Travelers, which is our children's liturgy of the word program, All Stars, which is our program for six years and younger, uh, and where kids are, are dropped there. It's not babysitting, they are faith formation, but they're, they're not, they're there, the whole mass, so parents can worship. And then we have our small groups. And those are huge opportunities. We were just talking yesterday about kids, our kids ministers sharing stories of little children inviting like teachers to yeah. come to church. Incredible. Little, yeah. Little children are so much more evangelical. They are. Kids. They're not afraid of all the things we were worried about. So nope. uh, it's really a, a low hanging fruit. So, man, we really breeze through all of those pretty I quickly. Know. There's much more to say about all of them, but yeah. Um, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back uh, to wrap it up in just a moment. The Rebuilt Field Guide will lead you and your leadership team through assessment and goal setting exercises that will help you revitalize your church. The workbook offers practical steps that will bring your team together so that you can affect change in your parish. If you know your parish needs to change or want to introduce the principles of Rebuilt, but you don't know where to start, the Rebuilt Field Guide is the perfect resource. You can order the Field Guide from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and at Ave Maria Press. Well, welcome back to the Rebuilt Podcast. We've been talking all about how to create a great weekend experience at your church. And so we're just going to wrap up and then pray for you. Tom, what what do we do? How do we make the weekend great? Where do we start? That was a lot of information. <laughs> yeah, it is. And we'll have to come back and delve into each of those yeah, some more. Yeah, definitely. Um, but just really, I would say focus is the key. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot going on at your parish. There's a lot of things going on. So if you're going to improve your weekend experience, focus. And you can focus in one of two ways. One, just focus on one mass that you're going to say, we're going to make this the best it can possibly be. We're going to um, radic- you know, we're gonna evaluate it, ruthlessly evaluate it, and just keep getting better and better. That's kind of where we started. That was our yeah, 530 Sunday 530 night mass. 530 Sunday night mass. And yeah. so maybe that's the best place for you. And, and maybe you even start a mass and try these new things because mm-hmm. there's nobody that owns that or is going to be upset about that. And that's the easiest blaze a trail there. It's going to be right. easiest. Or focus on one aspect, you know, or based upon who you are. That So if you're the pastor, you can easily start with the message and, the, and, and that kind of thing. Um, you know, focus on music, but bring a foot at all your masses. But if you're going to do all the masses, focus on one aspect and start there. Right. Uh, Again, whatever is the easiest low hanging fruit too. whatever is the, the one that you think, all right, we got the resources or there's not many more resources we're going to need to start that new. Right. That's where you should, should focus upon. Yeah. I mean, everybody has 10 friends they can invite to come 
hold the doors open and help people find a seat and yeah. smile. Right. The that could be the easiest. Could, yeah, that could yeah. be the easiest too. Well, great. All right. Well, thank you so much. Can you pray for us? All right. Let's pray in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 God, we just... Uh, we thank you for this opportunity we have each and every weekend, that every six to seven days we have an opportunity where we gather people in your name that we can send them out into the world to make a difference for your kingdom. And God, we pray that help us to honor that incredible responsibility, incredible opportunity, and to create great weekend experiences through music, through message, through volunteer ministers that in, in honors you and inspires people. We pray this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.